Welcome in to Pater Sports. This is Will Dundon here with Nick Crucial and Seth Coggin. We are part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Guys, what's going on? How's the weekend? Pretty big weekend. Lots of news to kind of break in on. Uh, first of all, I guess let's kick it off with this whole Calvin Ridley news that we got. Trucial, you were just talking about it. Kind of give the listeners a little background info of what's what's happening. Yeah, so Calvin Ridley uh, has been officially suspended for one year uh, by the NFL because he was caught gambling uh, via his mobile phone out of the state of Florida. Uh, I didn't see anywhere what app he was using or uh, what was what was used, but it was confirmed that he did uh, spend some money gambling. They did include, he had some parlays that included the Falcons uh, in them. You can't include your own team. Yeah. So (laughs) that didn't look too great, but um, so he pretty much missed all last year, going to miss all of the next year, but a couple of teams that are interested in trading for him are the Patriots and Browns likely Mm -hmm. would not be giving up too much, I'd imagine, because you know he's going to have to sit out a year. But he joins a list of four other players that have been suspended for gambling. Uh, Josh Shaw in 2019 was the most recent before Calvin Ridley. But going back uh, to 1983, Art Schlichter. And then uh, 1963, we actually had two NFL players get banned. So for some reason in 63, they were, they were uh, hot, ready to go on the books. But Alex Karras and Paul Horning were uh, Paul were Horning, baby. Yeah, right. that's a big name. So uh, Calvin really joins that elite crew of players that have been banned or suspended for gambling. Um, I personally think you got to drop the hammer on them. I mean, to keep the integrity of the game, I think across all sports athletes should not be able to uh, gamble, especially. Well, I guess we can get into another conversation if it doesn't include their team or if they're not related somehow, but I I think it's almost kind of like trading stock trading insider inside trading. Yeah. Especially when you're betting on your own team. I do kind of respect him for betting on the Falcons with him, not on the field though. Like well, the fact that Falcons were that just bad said and he was he still bet betting on, on the them. Falcons. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean that he bet on them to win. So he could have. Oh, inclu- okay. So I, I'm assuming it did, or else they probably they would have outright said he bet against the Falcons just because that headline would have been hilarious. So That's, that would have been so funny. But it's kind of a it's just kind of a silly situation to me. Like he's doing something. These are some lines that are very hard. They're very easy for me to say as like someone who's not affiliated with the league, you know, someone who's not a, a coach, a player, a, you know, an exec or anything. Like Calvin Ridley is engaging in activity that is completely legal to me and you, you know, totally not, you know, it wasn't, didn't seem to be an excessive amount. So Obviously, was the amount. Yeah, $1,500. Like, you know how many people gamble $1,500 a weekend? Like, all over the place so thousands now you can't you can't bet on your own team but kicking this guy out for a season is a long time like you have a very limited career in the nfl like a whole season missed is just i mean it's it's extremely valuable and i don't know what the monetary like uh kind of effect this is going to have on him but i don't know i just like yeah can't do it like if you're if you're in the nfl if you're a player make an example out of them like you know this hasn't come up in a while. It's the first I've heard of a player getting suspended for gambling in a while. 
I know there's a few players you listed, but you know, it's not very prevalent. Yeah, not obviously. Often. Just be like, look, he's suspended four games. Like, yeah, he can't do you can't do that. Uh, but it's not like taking him out a whole season. A whole season is a long time. You know, that's that's probably ten percent of your NFL career if you have a ten year like prolonged career. So I, I kind of feel that that's kind of how I feel. Like, do I really care that yeah. Calvin Ridley was like betting on games? I mean, I get the the point is it's a rule. You can't do it. But yeah, yeah I'm kind of with you, Seth. Like a whole year. I mean, let, do something. I mean, find them, like find them yeah. as much as you want or something. But to not let the guy play for an entire season, I don't I don't know. How what is like what is keeping a guy out? I mean, I guess you're making an example that's you just trying to make sure that no one does this. I guess you're yeah. being as kind of well, I mean, harsh as you can, but four games is an example. Like yeah, hey, half a season. Four go half a season. Yeah, half a season. Yeah. I mean, that's an example. That's still four game checks. I, I someone said he was scheduled to make about ten million or something this year, somewhere around that. Some it's in that ballpark. He's a He's an A receiver. What, what is yeah. he probably their wide receiver one? He's their oh, best yeah. receiver. Their wide yeah. receiver room so, I mean, yeah, without Calvin games. Ridley is horrible. Like, yeah, so you take him off half a season, that's still five million game checks that he's not cashing. Like, that's still a lot of – that's still a big punishment. That's still very harsh. Yeah, um, millions for, of dollars. For, for yeah. his first minor offense. That's kind of my thing, too. It's like – Right. Had he been told not to gamble before? Like, that. that's my thing. And maybe he had. Maybe he had kind of – had like a little true slap on the wrist one time or something that we don't know about, which is always possible. But for it to be his first offense that we know about to get a whole season, it's like, dude, like, are any fans outraged? Like, I haven't seen a single person, you know, really being like, this is terrible. Like, this is just beyond humanity. Yeah, everyone's kind of just laughing about it. Terrible thing. Yeah, it's all jokes. Yeah. Um, And so – you know, it is what it is. He did it. It's his decision. He should have done it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's $1,500, you know, on a Saturday he wasn't playing football. Like, he's probably just hanging out with his buddies who were gambling and threw some money on something. Like, yeah. it's, it's not really that serious in my eyes. So That's true. And kind of even bouncing off, uh, judging the seriousness of this, some recent NFL suspensions that you guys are probably familiar with. So Ray Rice beating his fiance was suspended two games. Adrian Peterson, yeah, like who was convicted yeah. <laughs> of felony child abuse, six games. Greg Hardy beating his girlfriend, 10 games, then reduced to four. Ezekiel Elliott um, hit a woman, six games. But then we have Calvin Ridley, uh, 17 games for using FanDuel, and then Josh Gordon, six seasons for smoking weed. So, uh, well, Josh yeah. Gordon has got a few chances. I'll yeah, say I know, that about but it's Gordon. it's just kind of the fact that it, I would I'd rather a guy smoke weed than uh, beat the crap out of his fiance. Absolutely, I would take a stoner a billion times out of a billion over someone who's hitting a woman. That's just dude. That's yeah, just, two, wait, you said Ray Lewis was two games. Two, two games. games, bro. And I mean, it, it did, that, one, that. that one did cost him his career, though. Like, let's be honest, he didn't. Yeah. Like, but deservedly, yeah. I mean, he yeah, yeah, deservedly. But the NFL's punishment, yeah, only two girl. games. Like that's the thing about the Calvin Ridley thing. So you're going to give Calvin Ridley a whole season, but uh, I bet 32 out of 32 teams would take him on their team next year. Like, yeah, no because he didn't do anything. Like, yeah, because he he's like, oh, <laughs> it's just that's it's not. There's so not even a animals. there's not even a real issue there, right? There's no behavioral problems or anything. This sounds like. If the Patriots are really interested in him, I mean, this sounds like the perfect Belichick special. 
You know, I mean, get a guy like Calvin he did Ridley just leave the, the Falcons after five games. So there are, there's definitely some other stuff going on than just yeah, the right. gambling that, out No, there. I, I agree with that. I think that's a problem. And I feel like that has to do a lot more with just his relationship with him and the Falcons probably though. Yeah. What, uh, when you, someone walked me through kind of what happened with him in the season last year, like I hadn't really paid much attention to it. He like, kind of so, just quit. He just right? left. Yeah. He quit. I had him on my uh, fantasy team so I can gripe a little bit there, but, uh, yeah, he kind of, he just said he was t- taking a, a step away from football for mental health reasons. There wasn't anything specific in event or anything that he named, but, um, yeah, just kind of uh, uh, an unfortunate scenario that, I mean, unless you're probably close friends with him, probably never going to find out exactly uh, what happened. Well, and that's where the question came in. Okay, is this guy really struggling with mental health or is he basically just giving up because the Falcons suck? Like, you kind of have to look at it from both ways because you don't know. I mean, that's that's fine, I guess, if a guy wants to – cite mental health as a reason he needs to step away but i mean i don't know no we don't know enough information about it because it doesn't look good right when the falcons are totally in the gutter and he might just be tired of going out there and losing every week that on on that hand you know yeah that's that's an issue but i still see i mean like i said belichick's taking chances on guys like that plenty of times and it's paid off for him yeah that is it is true that that headspace we we really don't know kind of the whole whole story going on there. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Obviously with a guy not playing a whole season with not being hurt or nothing. Um definitely kind of strange there. Wonder where he's at. Hope you know hopefully he's all good. You know, it doesn't seem like it's just kind of funny that these two things correlate because I don't know if they necessarily do, but they might. Like him gambling one weekend because he's not playing definitely does is kind of strange. Like him him literally just deciding not to play, deciding not to be on the team. And then, yeah, the next weekend he's gambling <laughs> in football games. Not a good look. The optics are just – are not good for him. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't beat anybody or, or you know, do anything super illegal. So, he'll be back for sure if he wants to be. Yeah, he didn't even – well, he didn't do anything illegal, right? Yeah, he didn't like do he anything broke, illegal. He broke, he broke, the, he broke the yeah, rules. Broke but. the NFL rules, but it was – Sports get uh, sports betting is legal in Florida, so it's not like he yeah. uh, broke any rules there or uh, if, uh, broke any like, laws. I think the integration of sports and gambling is so curious to me because the leagues simultaneously like hold, like really embrace it because it does it increases viewership and increases yeah. interest and intrigue. And it's only good and for stuff it. and the yeah. money and the money is good, but then they have to separate it so much from like the player ref aspect of it you know what i mean like they they're essentially by saying like hey we're partnering with these gambling organizations like we are creating partnerships with gambling like uh, caesar's palace or whatever the official you know sports book of the nfl uh stuff like that but then they're very quick to draw the lines of like you know yeah but any of our actual if you're inside the organization you can't partake at all you know what I mean? Like, if you're outside the NFL, we want you to gamble, 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 gamble. But if you're inside these walls, like, you can't. But it makes it – I mean, it's very tricky when you're pr- simultaneously really promoting something. Like, hey, look, you can now online gamble, online gamble, online gamble, online sports betting. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's also direct paradigm. Like, oh, you cannot do that. Like, not even in small amounts, not even like that. So, 
but I mean, you could gamble on other sports and stuff probably and be okay. I mean, yeah, but I, they also like glorify like Michael Jam, Michael Jordan. Like they, they tell stories all the he's time. He's one of the biggest gamblers. Big gamblers yeah. He is. Yeah. That's kind of like a, a legend of mystique around Michael Jordan. So you're like highlighting this guy for his gambling and kind of just like not praising it, but kind of praising it a little bit, just kind of hyping it up. And then you're going to take stances like, Oh, he gambled a thousand dollars. He's out for a season. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. It just seems, I don't know who's making the decisions and it doesn't seem like there's a real consistent, but there's also not really a precedent either. Um, so you kind of got to set the precedent for you know people gambling sports. It's, it's tricky. I wouldn't want to be making those calls honestly right now. Yeah, it's pretty tough. And I, I think it's just because it's such a slippery slope. If you, if you let one person get away with one thing and then it, it could end up, all the way to Tim Donaghy point shaving type of type of stuff. So um, I, I think maybe not necessarily he deserved a whole season, but their hands were kind of tied. I feel like the, yeah. the NFL had to, to make an example out of him. Um, and they, with the increase of gambling and sports book betting, and I think that they really need to make an example this time uh, as yeah. it's really growing and getting big. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like you you come from the where we look at it as I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. It just really sucks because it makes them look really bad in other facets of suspensions like we already talked about. Like, yeah, I get spending a guy for a year to basically be like, hey, we really don't want anyone to do this. This is the best way to shut it down. But. Oh, uh, you just like you you hit a few women, you knocked them out. Uh I mean, we'll suspend you for a couple games. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill is still in the league. Known people well, people don't users. care. Yeah, like, people Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, like no one they're just back. They're playing. And I guarantee you Deshaun Watson's gonna be back oh, at yeah. some point. Yeah. So That's a that's a really tricky one. That's a that's a tough situation, that Deshaun thing. I would it's a mess. And I'm thankful. It couldn't happen to a better a better place. <laughs> Screw I, I mean, yeah. Just the the whole case there is strange because it's not really a criminal case at all, but it is like a civil case. So the motivation quite literally is money. Now I'm not saying that these allegations are all false and everything. Like I'm not that's not but it it does just it raises questions when like mm-hmm. the only thing that you gain in this would be financial game so anyway he probably won't be playing in use anymore which is a very positive for our division at one time the titans are staring down the barrel of andrew luck in indy deshaun watson in houston and at one point a very good jacksonville saxonville team at least the defense yeah defense is good and now you have nobody in indy Nobody in Houston and nobody in Jacksonville. <laughs> Something flipped, and like the the AFC South just got so winnable all the time. But gotta go yeah. out and do it again next year. Yeah, seriously. Let's talk a little uh, college basketball real quick. Big weekend in college basketball. Yeah, I'm gonna sure kick it off real real quick. I won't I won't talk too much about it. But Huskers, dare I say, hottest team in college basketball. America's oh, basketball team right now. Hot so, at the right time. Let's go. I, I, I did see on Husker Twitter. This is I, I loved this. So Trev Alberts, the Nebraska athletic director, 
did something similar for Fred Hoiberg, the Nebraska basketball coach that he did for Scott Frost, basically a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, comes out with a whole statement basically saying Hoiberg will be back next year regardless of what goes on the rest of the season, which he did for Frost at the end of the season uh, this past year as well. And Hoiberg comes in, gets a couple ranked wins right off the bat, undefeated, uh, 3-0 and on the road. So Husker Twitter's going, man, Scott Frost, if this is any indication, Scott Frost is about to go on the biggest run in Nebraska history. <laughs> I'm calling that for Nebraska next year. I'm dead serious. I'm calling a, like, big season for Nebraska. I mean, like, dude, I've we watched, got, we got some transfers coming in. Yeah, I've watched it happen. Y'all are right on – sports a lot of times work like a razor blade. Like, you're right on the winning side or you're right on kind of the losing side. Nebraska's like been right there and they've just kind of tipped to the losing side. Like, I don't know what it's been the past couple of years, but they just find ways to lose. But I'm telling you, once you flip to winning, you just keep it, keep rolling. I think the Huskers, I like that. I like that analogy. He's coming. The schedule's way, the schedule is a lot easier for him next year. It looks like, but it, I mean, we'll see. They have to close out, but it is, I mean, it's, it's going to be a whole different field, different OCs, different assistant coaches, different quarterback. It'll be totally different, but Anyway, I am excited now just to watch the Big Ten tournament, uh, see if they can win a couple games or something. You know, I've, I obviously aren't, am not expecting them to run the table all the way. but Pull, at pull least, an Oregon State like they did last yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. Make it all actually. the way to the Elite Eight. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be watching all the games and hoping they win. But it'll be fun to at least have a little – it's been fun for Nebraska fans who continue to, like, sell out home basketball games after winning 10 games it'll be exciting just to feel like you've gotten kind of competitive but uh yeah we can jump on over obviously the big one for kind of our show hogs and balls this past weekend part two got the revenge we needed baby. yeah it came it came about as expected you know we really it did that's what i thought it was a split. yeah it's tough it to be the team twice home and home split you know each each arena showed why it's a tough place to play in two competitive games uh hogs yeah, they just came up. Why? I thought we, I mean, this one. good Lord. The, the fact that Arkansas got back into that game was mm-hmm. just bad in the first place. Yeah. So, I mean, what Tennessee made, they made like nine out of the first 10 threes. I swear. Like, that, that was, 12, it was yeah. unreal. Yeah, they were nine at 12, like at half. That was like what yeah. they were at half, right? Yeah, that's Kennedy so Chandler hard. was like I mean, four that's, for four. That's right why away. they were up by 21 at half. So, Tennessee was up by 21 at half and then got up even maybe to like 24. Possibly. Yeah, it got all the way up to 24. But, but man, I, I mean, the Hogs came storming back. I got one gripe. I got no gripe. Tennessee played good, deserved to win. They're a really good team playing at home. Um, I got a gripe with the officials, but not even for missing calls this time. Like, I, I didn't really see much wrong with the calls, but it was the reviews. Yeah. So Arkansas goes on this crazy run to get back, and we're down, like, two points. And all of a sudden, within – 30 seconds of game time. This is under two minutes left in the game. It has been like a high-level, competitive, fun basketball game, like just like punches thrown on each side, uh, a lot of shots made, just a really fun basketball game to watch. And then three straight loose balls, three straight loose balls, they go to the monitor to review each one. And three straight times they were right, so they didn't they, – they reversed zero calls. And it took them like 12 minutes. It took 12 minutes of airtime to make three calls that were already right. Yeah. With under two minutes to play, like, it just blew my mind. It, if I was a casual fan watching that game, I'm so frustrated. If I'm an – you know, it, anyway, 
it's just it's not a good viewing experience. It ruined the flow of the game. Like Arkansas was would we have come back? Maybe, maybe not. But like Arkansas was just like on fire at that point. It would have been really nice to keep that momentum going instead of have like a five, two or three, five minute long breaks in the action. It just it, it was just so frustrating to watch. I get that you want to make the right call. I get that replay is available, but there are certain like if if you can't go to the monitor and immediately flip it because you were wrong, then then leave it. That's kind of my thought. It's really not even the reviewing them. It's the review time. If we can't make that happen instantaneously, like what's the use? It's just pointless. That's part of sports is refs making mistakes. <laughs> Let's just kind of accept it. No, I totally agree. And I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't understand why in 2022 we're having the refs go over to this 25 inch monitor to relook at a play that they saw live on the court. Why do we not have just someone up in a box, like another ref with a giant TV that can see it and immediately before they like once they blow the whistle, he's already been watching the replay, seeing what's happening. I don't understand why they're looking at it for like 10 minutes or whatever. You know, they none of those were really that hard to tell either. You, no. you look at them and you say, okay, yeah, that's the right call. Let me, let me watch it like two more – watch three times, okay? That, that's still not taking a lot of time. But yeah. when you see it and it's correct, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, it was driving me crazy too. I was like, this is a waste of time because yeah. I don't know – and that's in – I see it in football sometimes too. But I'm like, why are we still looking at this play? Anytime you see a play that's going that long, usually it just means someone's going to get screwed. But in this situation, it was just – the refs are just sitting there not doing anything. You're just yeah. re-watching it for no reason. What are, you lo- oh. what are you looking for at that point? It's almost like you're looking way too hard to try and change it. It's not – sometimes it's not that hard to tell. Sometimes yeah. you can just I th- I'm, I'm like a – I like three angles, three looks, and that's it. If you can't yeah. change the call in that – like because if it's wrong, you're going to see it and you're going to be able to change it. But if you can't tell something was wrong in three looks, yeah, cut it. Like that's it. That's what you get. Move yeah. on. I mean, you're at least going to be able to say, actually, wait, let me look at that again. There was no clip I saw that made me want to be like, well, let me see it from another angle. Like, not yeah. even that. None of them yeah. were and hard they went, calls. The calls went both ways, and yeah. they were right three to – that's what almost made it even more just maddening. I was sitting there. I was sitting here. I had just – I had come back. I was just watching by myself in the living room, and I'm just getting just – flustered i don't get like i don't get frustrated very often and i'm sitting here just 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 beside myself with these refs for taking 15 minutes to not do anything to not even change they didn't change time they didn't change possession like they didn't change a single thing which is just a testament to the refs the refs are actually pretty good like they make the right call a lot of times we give them a hard time and it's fun and they do get caught up. They'll get caught up in big environments. And, like, if you do have a loud home crowd, they will yeah, get caught up. Humans. And they'll make some calls. They'll make some tight calls, especially near the end of the game. But that's, that's, yeah. what, that's how it works. That's why home basketball is fun. Like, that's really yeah. why your home record is a lot of times your um, But it, just, it was a testament to how they were right three times in a row and still questioned themselves. Like, they have no confidence. Where, where's the confidence? Just be like, no, nah, I was right. Like, it was off Arkansas, okay? We're going, we're going with that. Oh, it just kills me. And, like, that was a big game and, like, a crucial moment. But 
most of these games aren't the national championship. Like, yeah, it's it might suck to lose, and it might be tough to lose on a controversial call, but it's not going to end your season or nothing. Like, I don't know. We've come to a weird crux in just the evolution of sport with the infiltration of technology and just old-fashioned sport. You know, used to, you just couldn't question a ref because that was what they were. The refs were the end-all, be-all. But now you can kind of question them because we have great camera angles and we have, you know, crazy technology and stuff. I would like to see in football, I would like to see a tracker in the ball. That seems so easy for first downs and touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. like a chip in the seems, ball. That one seems just no-brainer to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree. What about robot balls and strikes? I don't know why that's not a thing. Why, like <laughs> – What's the point, honestly, <laughs> in, ha- in having a behind-the-plate ump for calling balls and strikes? I don't understand that. We literally have the box painted up on the TV, you know, now, <laughs> computer-generated. Like, we know what's a ball and a strike. Why are we letting this guy have human error? Yeah. I think Baseball's that's weird, made, though. I mean – It's made it even a lot harder for umps because now people see the balls yeah. and strikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, they, uh, and, and you can umps- tell – Maybe maybe they'll make the wrong or right call, but now you know sometimes an ump will like he might be calling them low, like he'll be calling strikes low all day, and he'll be like, okay, the batter and everyone can kind of adjust to that. But now you can see, oh, this ump's all over the place. He's not even you know staying true to what he's calling. So that yeah, that hurts too. Trucia, what were you gonna say? Well, the, I know they also have started. So the the bigger national games, they the MLB actually tracks strike zones for these umpires, um, and they get paid more and uh, get kind of on bigger games. The the more accurate their strike zone is, so there there's some kind of tie into that, which is pretty cool. But I, I I'm kind of halfway on the the robot strike zone. I think having umps and uh, that's just part of baseball. You got to have yeah. an umpire there. You got to be, I mean, come on, Blue. Come on, Blue. I was about come to Blue. say that. Yeah. And then uh, the manager coming out screaming, getting in his face, the the mound charges. I mean, that all that stuff is fun in baseball. So it, it keeps keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um, and it goes both ways. The, the umpire is calling strikes and balls for both teams. Um, yeah. So yeah. if they call a little bit tighter, a little bit wider both teams are getting that advantage slash disadvantage. So well, I, I kind of like, we, you yeah. assume so hopefully you'd assume so you'd assume so over the, over the course of a 162 game season, probably, but I'm sure there's some scenarios or where a manager is pissed off and up and just kind of unconscious bias. Yeah. Could get you, but, but that's what, I mean, baseball's funny because I mean, the whole replay thing was such a, huge argument with with baseball traditionalists they didn't want replay they didn't want and i'm like dude we have actual examples of umps blowing a guy's perfect game because they i mean we're like you you stole like that ump stole a perfect game from a guy and you're saying like we don't want replay because it's not traditional that's not how they did it back in the depression era like what's like why do you not want the correct calls I, i never understood that i mean you still have umps i get that if you want if you want to keep that going in the game, that's fine. But why are we saying, you know what? No, we don't. We don't want the right call. We don't want to make. We don't want to make sure of anything. <laughs> like I, that was a tough one for me to get my head around. It's interesting stuff. But um, 
kind of getting back to uh, basketball here. What about Coach K losing oh, no. uh, his final final game and um, at home? That's pretty that rough. Awesome. That was that UNC was gets a big W and yeah, uh, UNC's kind of turned their season around a little bit here at the end of the year. They're 15 and five in the ACC, 23 and eight. Uh, they're not ranked, but I mean, certainly, certainly uh, that they'll make a little noise in the ACC tournament and then maybe make a little noise in the NCAA tournament. They're they kind a good of law department. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Swap. Shout out the lawyer. They're, they're, I mean, they're peaking at the right time too, right? I mean, they look good to me. I mean, obviously at Cameron Indoor, it's a tough place to play, especially in a rival rivalry game, Coach K's last game. But I just mean the team overall. I mean, they looked like they were playing good basketball. So I like it. I do. I, I mean, I enjoyed seeing Coach K lose. I'm not going to lie. I was never really a big Ducator, but the last couple of years, for whatever Coach K's just kind of bothered me. Well, him just, just crying about the whole pandemic season yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That really – well, that and some of these coaches, and I've seen it with like Dabo a little bit too. Like I used to really like Dabo, but these guys, it's like once they, which obviously Coach K has been doing it forever, right? But these guys, once they forty years, yeah, win a couple championships or get this going, they almost have this sense of entitlement that everything should kind of go their way or nothing's their fault. The whole yeah. when they had they had the interim coach for Duke, and if he lost, it went on his record. But if he won, Coach K like got those wins credited to him. Do y'all remember that? That's so stupid. Yeah. He's so lame. Such a self-centered, like. Yeah. I mean, he is. Coaches don't have tours like this. Like. Yeah. Farewell tour. First of all. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get out Roy Williams. He just retired. Yeah. Like. Like one day. You deserve it. People are going to give you your flowers. Like. Yeah. If if Coach K just had randomly one Saturday, just been like, hey, I'm retired. Everyone would have just gushed out like, oh, my God. Like. It's, you still would have had your little moment to shine. Instead, you drug it across a whole season, made it yeah. disgusting. It was funny. The way it played out was 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 very much karma. Like it was just kind of. First of all, Kansas hitting that or Kansas Texas going to overtime. So you like yeah. had, you missed you like the because yeah, I'll be it. honest, I had taken a nap after Arkansas game, and had just kind of gotten up and was like, oh, you know, yeah, I'll watch. Like I don't really. I don't watch a ton of basketball outside of the SEC, to be honest. Um, but I was like, oh, Coach K's last game, like, that is pretty historic. Like, I'll flip it over there. And I was already a few minutes late. I was like, oh, I probably missed the presentation. Like, they're probably already started. And instead, I watched the last, like, 20 seconds of Kansas, Texas. And then they went to overtime. And so they're just having to have this, oh, it was just such a funny uh, – like, them just having to wait around for their ceremony and then – and they're making such a big deal about him in his last game. And like all the players were there and the ticket cost a billion dollars to yeah. get in. Yeah. Because you have 1000 seats in your arena. Like, yeah, it, of course, ticket prices are high because you're first of all, Duke. Yeah. You got a lot of like, like wealthy alumni and you only have the demand. The supply is so low. So you only have, you can't, it's not like you can just add in 10,000 folding chairs like you're only putting 2000 people in that gym. That's like all you're putting in. So to brag about ticket prices is like stupid. Like Arkansas or Tennessee has 10 times the number of people that can get into a game. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not that low. I'm, I'm exaggerating obviously yeah. a little bit, but, but I'm not that much. Like, I don't know the official capacity. Two or three times. It's a lot lower. Like anyway, 
So, and then to lose, and lose pretty bad. Like, they got kind of manhandled there at the end. Especially, especially. at the end, yeah. North yeah. Carolina put their foot on the gas and didn't let up. Oh, so funny. Yeah, good riddance, Coach K. Like, good for what he's done. For I, I don't know. Has he been good for the game of basketball? Has he been bad? I don't know. I couldn't necessarily say, like, yeah, Coach K, he's been great for the game of basketball. He's been good for for Duke-North Carolina rivalry. He's yeah. been good yeah. for that. And he's been a great coach. Like, he's won a lot of basketball games. But I don't know. He strikes – I'm throwing stones at this guy. I've never met him, obviously, and I have nothing really personal against him. In my eyes, he seems to be kind of a fake, like, egotistical leader in my head. Um, Like, some of the stuff he does to seem to be, like, genuine and authentic is really just trying to get the spotlight back on him. Like, at the end of the day, it's all about Coach K, in my eyes. Like, that's kind of how I view a lot of the stuff he does. He likes it to be about him. You have a whole retirement tour, and he kind of says, nope, it's about the team, it's about the team, it's about the team. And it's like, nah, it's not about the team, though. Like, you it's had not, a pregame yeah, ceremony. Yeah. You yeah. had a postgame ceremony. You had, like, every you you had know, Coach man. K cam. Like, you had a camera on you the whole time. It's not about the players. Like, and you're, at ball. you're not at fault for that, but you're kind of letting that happen. You're letting all the focus be on you for all year. Yeah, he could t- he could push that stuff away. Like if he wanted to, and I feel like a lot of coaches would. They'd be like, "No, we don't need to do all this." Yeah. Or we can do like something small at the end, you know, like yeah. it was way it was to the nines, like it was to too nine. much. Yeah. And and to say he didn't want all this, like you got to think back all the way. You got to think back all the way to when he announced it like in June or July, like last summer, mm-hmm. he announced and had like a party to announce that he was having a whole season-long farewell tour. Like, he literally had a party six months before the season started just to announce he was going to be taking this farewell lap around the ACC and the whole thing all year. Like, oh. Like celebrating your half birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it'd be like, yeah, making every – no, it'd be like making everyone you know, like, come by, like, a fancy dinner – yeah, to celebrate your half birthday. Your retirement party, or like your retirement party. Be like, hey, I'm going to retire next year. Let's have a party, and I'm going to announce it. And then everyone come to my last day at work. <laughs> no, it's like, bring me gifts all year, actually. Yeah. I'm retiring <laughs> yeah. next year. I want a gift every day. Whatever. Did y'all, I, I did see a really funny tweet that I was not aware of. Um, but I feel like it's, it's pretty sure it's pretty factual. Um, or pretty reliable. I saw a someone tweet out, would this be a bad time to remind Vandy fans that we turned down Coach K in like 1979 or something? Apparently he was on the list and they chose some random guy over him that ended up, I forget. No, it was was before him. They screwed that up. That's for sure. But I'm just like, man, how already been Had Krzyzewski already been at Duke? No, he was at West Point. Oh really? Like he was he was in line like it was between him and another guy for the Vandy job and they chose the other guy and I think I forget what the guy's name was but he had a successful Obviously career at some smaller school. Well, that's the thing, right? Because if you think about it, Duke and Vandy are essentially like the same kind of university. Yeah. yeah. It's, the difference is Coach K went to Duke and you have this basketball history there now. Yeah, so now he has five championships. Yeah. Like yeah, if you had five championships at Vandy. Yeah, that's massive. Like Vandy basketball. Vandy basketball, actually, with the right coach, and, like, if they actually had sustained success. They were solid. Lit. 
like that would actually be fun. Like Memorial Gym is cool. Like it in, would, yeah, it, in it Nashville, would getting packed up, and like they were actually like if you had a tradition of a good program, like if you had won several national championships. Well, they would have become Nashville's basketball team too. Yeah. Like it would have been the yeah. same type of thing. You would have had people just hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, absolutely. Which would be cool, but unfortunately I, not. They got. I, know, I just found it they so got Stackhouse funny. now. I kind of like him. He's all right. He's, He's doing better than I thought he was going to do. He picked it up from the bootstraps. Like that one of those Drew brothers had run it into the ground. Not yeah. doing good. But of course, he you know Darius Garland got hurt that one year. That was tough. Yeah, they they've had some kind of unlucky stuff happening. But Tennessee I mean, is kind of the kind of taking control of the state again. Pippen is well, yeah, a freak. it'll it'll yeah. Pippen Junior is a beast, but I mean, I assume he's gone. After this year, right? He's averaging like twenty three points a game or something. Yeah, isn't he leading the SEC in scoring? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, that'll I mean, be. I, I don't know what's going to happen after that, but it looks like Stackhouse is able to get at least one good guy in there. I mean, like we said, Darius was hurt, but he still got him. So if you can just keep pulling in, kind of, it could just turn into like a Memphis Penny Hardaway situation, though, where yeah, he keeps pulling in good recruits, but just can't get the job yeah, done but with the I talent. Think Stackhouse. Stackhouse is a better coach, in my opinion. Well, and I just say that because he's doing way better than I thought he was going to do. I yeah, he's doing pretty gonna... good. I mean, I watched him beat Arkansas. Like that was well, they got a winning record. Pretty impressed. You know? Yeah, winning. I mean, they're around. above. They're at or above five hundred in the SEC, or maybe just a game below. But that's pretty good. Well, because didn't I... they have like five wins a year or two ago? Yeah, no, they were. It was they not had, that long ago. They might have gone winless in the SEC one of those years. I think like, they did. It was bad. Yeah, they were bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chattanooga, they're on a 13-0 run. They just took the lead. There we go. They were down 10 at half. They only scored 16. But they're up 28-29 now. Nice. The mock showing out for the, the boys. We need it. We need it. Anyway, tournament week now, though. That, yeah. That, it's all flipped. SEC tournament will be fun. It's not the end-all, be-all. Like, I, I'm – Winning the SEC tournament would be awesome, and I'm like I'm not gonna say I don't want to win it, but I'm a little more like excited for March, like true tournament. You know, that's when it that's, really gets serious. But it's a weird feeling when you're in kind of where Tennessee, Arkansas. I mean, really, most of the higher up teams in the SEC because I don't know if Tennessee wins one game or doesn't win a game. I don't know how how much that's gonna affect them. them. I don't th- yeah. I don't think it will because they have enough quality wins. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the quality wins now. They're at a three seed right now, so may, I mean, maybe they drop to a four seed or something. But I think I they're think staying t- in the top. They're probably, I mean, unless crazy stuff happens all around them. But that's the it, only way, just, right? The funny thing is, I literally feel more calm. I I bet there's, I don't know if there's better odds. There's not better odds. I would feel almost as confident in Arkansas winning the whole tournament as I would the SEC tournament this weekend. It's because like, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot. No, it is. And and you and you got. I know, like I know for a fact, I'm going to have to play two of either Auburn, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Like I'm right. going to have to play two of those teams in three days. So I think it's literally more less likely for me to win three straight in three days there against because Arkansas is probably going to have to go LSU, Auburn, and then winner winner of Kentucky, Tennessee. Should they both get there? So like that's actually a gauntlet. Yeah, just to win the gauntlet. SEC tournament. And in three days, like I, I put our odds just as high. And I think there's four teams in SEC that could say legitimately, like, I think we can make a deep run in the postseason, like, and kind of back that up. Um, 
And so I, it is a little bit different mentality of those teams, I think. So that's why you might see a team – heck, you could see LSU or Alabama or someone get really hot this weekend right. and win it. Especially those teams at the top are just – if your eyes are a little more focused you know, down the road, it's hard to lock in and win those tournament games. Well, it's like unless you, unless you win the tournament – or unless you need the tournament, the com- and, and the conference tournament, it's just not. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. If we, if Tennessee wins a game and then loses, I mean, I guess there's the whole. You know, if we play Kentucky and we lose, there's a little bragging rights there or something. But that's about it. Like if you're not, if you're not going to win the whole thing, and you don't really need to win that many games, it's just not that big of a deal. Yeah, you don't care about March. The Even, ultimate if, would be getting to the championship and losing. Like if Arkansas loses, bro, I, I hope we lose. Probably hope we win that first game and lose the second. Like, let's just get on. Like, I don't want to have to play three games and then not win the SEC championship. Right, exactly. Like, if we get to Sunday, no, we're coming for that crown. Like, if yeah. we get to Sunday, we're winning that championship. But if we don't, it's okay. I'll be, I'll be all right. Let's, let's go let's get ready for madness. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be fun. It'll be, I love basketball. SEC is fun to watch. I wish yeah. it was in Nashville. I mean, I think I probably said yeah. before, but – Nationals makes so much sense for the conference. The basketball culture is high there. Um, it's a sweet location. It's so accessible for pretty much everybody or an easy flight for anybody. It just makes so much sense. Tampa, just kind of dumb. But, I'm really upset yeah. about that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it happens to be in a year where, like, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee, like, those places literally converge really probably more like Memphis because Arkansas is an a Western outlier, but mm-hmm. the middle of those fan bases is Nashville. Like that would be sick. It would be loaded. There'd be so many Auburn, Tennessee and Kentucky and Arkansas fans. It'd be so much fun, but Tampa lame. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Are they not losing money in this? Essentially? I would think there'd be so much more revenue coming into Nashville than there would the be ci- Tampa. the city. Probably. I bet more people, I bet like ticket wise and stuff, they still sell out all the tickets probably for the tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't, I bet that's not where the problem is. It's just like, I bet more people come to Nashville and only go to like one game. You know, it's like, if you're going right. to Tampa for the basketball tournament, you're going for the basketball tournament. Like you're not like, Hey, let's just go to Nashville for the weekend and catch a catch a game on Saturday or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I think the, the everything surrounding the tournament makes a lot more money in Nashville. I would guess. I don't know. I've never been down to Tampa for the SEC But I've been yeah. in Nashville for it a lot of times, and it is turned up. It's, it's a fun. Fun, fun yeah. place to be. But ah, it's fun. I, I love these. I love the mid-major tournaments. Like, I'm excited to, to watch the end of this chat Furman game. Like, the, when when they're punching their ticket to the dance, like there's nothing like yeah, it's a big it, one. Oh, there's nothing like that excitement because I mean it. They're probably losing in round one. Like they they're probably losing. They'll have a chance, which is why the dance is awesome. They will have a chance, but they're probably losing round one. Like this moment is just like so sick that they punched the ticket. Yeah, it's win the tournament for mid majors like that, especially for ones who aren't consistently in the tournament. Getting to the tournament is kind of the peak of yeah. your basketball experience like i remember when i was at lipscomb and we went to the tournament that one year and it was crazy especially because you know most of the time it's all these smaller schools no one knows about like no one knew what lipscomb was when i was when i was there uh like on a national scale because we i remember talking to one of my marketing professors about it and how he talked about 
how much traffic the school's websites and Google searches and all this stuff got just from being oh, yeah. in the tournament. And it was a whole big thing, obviously. But I, I love watching them too because you'll see – you'll have a team from the A-10 or I don't know, like the Big Sky Conference that's 27-3 and three by the end of the year and they're playing in their conference tournament and then they end up losing in the conference championship to some – six and 24 team that gets to yeah. maybe not that bad but a lot of times it is a team with a losing record that'll come in and run the table and win the conference get tournament. hot at the right time yeah and it's I, I think that's what makes march so awesome you have these really true cinderellas that come out of nowhere and make it in the tournament yeah weren't uh, uh the other pod we were talking about that florida gulf coast team uh slam city that just when, when that's why March is so fun. And I mean, it, it, everybody knows that, but that's why I'm getting so excited um, to see some of those upsets and see what teams are going to sneak in. Hey, maybe the mocks uh, are a little bit better than we thought and they end up making a little run. Maybe they are the Cinderella team. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. You never know. Cinderella, yeah. if the shoe fits, if the moccasin fits. <laughs> God. Well, uh, we got a little bit of kind of Titans news and stuff going on. Will I know we were talking uh, about it a little bit before um, contract negotiating and signing people this off season is obviously uh, kind of tied hand in hand. Uh, Will, weren't you talking about Harold Landry? What are we going to do uh, in that scenario here? We're, we're going to have to pay him uh, big Jeff. We just exercised his fifth year option. He's making about ten million, but Landry's looking. Yeah, wants to make nearly eighteen million a year. Hey, so, he wants to, wants to, and will he wants to. Yeah. Things. So I'm not in panic mode about Harold Landry, but I'm in little nervous mode about Harold Landry. I just don't like. I don't want this to get drawn out, and I don't know. I just want to get a deal done because I do believe. I think Harold Landry is the most underrated pass rusher in the NFL, and I love having him on the Titans. And if you can figure out a way to keep him on the team, please do. And Byard's come out and said he would be willing to restructure his contract. And, and listen to this. He, his direct quote was he'd be willing to restructure it like he did when we got Clowney. Okay, if we were going to do that for Jadavian Clowney, you, better, you best do it for a guy who's actually proven that he's going to get you sacks year in and year out. Yeah. Who, who's restructuring these contracts? I want to be the person who restructures contracts. We have a so, – so the Titans have a – the Titans have like a capologist who's in charge of – literally that's do. all that's he's sick. in charge of. Yeah, salary cap. And yeah, same, I'm going to be just – all the scenarios that you can do. crunching crazy yeah. numbers. I'm, I'm paying guys <laughs> – I'm paying guys in 3,000 and 20, but we're winning Super Bowls now. That'd be epic. I'm, rank, well, I'm restructuring Ryan Tannehill's contract for We're going to have a bunch of Bobby Bonillas on the team. <laughs> well, because you have like, don't even exist as a franchise and they're still paying all these players. <laughs> you had, I mean, you have Stillman on the radio still trying to, he's still bumping all the Rogers rumors or whatever, which I just nah. don't believe in. Well, they, but he, he was talking about, he was relating the capologist stuff to, okay, technically, like this would work if you traded like Tannehill and Bayard and got Rodgers, you could do this or you'd have this much money to spend. And it's also like, hey, would you do that? And I think a lot of people would. But I don't – I'm just so out on that. He, I mean, he's trying to push it. I get it. Like he wants to 
I mean, that's something to talk about, I guess, on the radio, but I just don't believe the Titans are even in that discussion, especially from what I've watched of J-Rob and Vrabel at the press comp at the uh, combine. I don't think that's on the radar. I don't think so. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers would put them in a bind and put them in a pinch in so many other areas that it would be detrimental to the team, honestly. Would I like them to sign – like, would I like Aaron Rodgers to be our quarterback? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, yes. But I'm not practically the one trying to piece together a roster because that's what wins you a Super Bowl. Like, great players can get you – obviously, look, Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl. Like, that's great, and he would be a great piece. We have a great roster, obviously. He would be a great piece of that, but I just think it's going to put you in so much of a bind, like – where you can't sign other players. Like if you, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you're probably not getting Landry. Like there are guys like right. that. You're probably going to miss out on that are really more of the kind of heart and soul of the team. I, I don't know. I, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's probably honestly going to end up re-signing Green Bay. If I had to really yeah. guess, I think he's going to take I mean, a they're gonna give deal him a ton of money. Maybe even like a two year deal or something, just kind of big yeah. two year deal. Lock it in and bounce. It would be it would be cool to have Aaron Rodgers in two tone blue, but don't think it's happening. If it happens, I'll get hype about it and I will be really ignorant about the possibilities that could happen. But don't look like it. We're riding with Tannehill. You know, we had a really a lot of bad taste in the mouth after the postseason. Like I literally have, like I've been so down on bad on the Titans since since then. Like I didn't watch. I I specifically avoided like any Pro Bowl coverage or anything. Yeah, because Rainbow was coaching, coach and it it like literally made me angry that he was there coaching the Pro Bowl when we should have been getting ready for the Super Bowl. Not, yeah, not that it was. I, I don't fully blame him, but I, I I can't really blame him. Really, unfortunately, all the blame for the Titans' loss does have to go on Tannehill, like straight up. I hate and that Downing. it has to be that way. I'm not saying lot, he can't. I put a lot on Downing still. Yeah, the that, play calling was true. horrible. That is true. I mean, th- those videos of, like, the Cincinnati players, like. Calling out the plays. what we were going to do. Yeah. That yeah. is indicative of the uh, the OC. But still, the OC didn't throw three picks. No, like, you're right. That. Anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we get a really that's good. A rabbit hole that, that's <laughs> yeah. a rabbit hole of pain that we don't need to open up. But it looks like he is going to be our quarterback, and, and he's earned as much. He's been such a solid starter for us the last couple of years. Like, I mean, the year really before, the guy so had good. thirty touchdowns to seven picks or whatever. Yeah, or 40, he, 40 to seven. Yeah, he um, held us yeah. together when Henry went out too. He really did hold it, hold it down. Like, mm-hmm. he he kept us rolling in the right direction. Um, so that was good. But we'll see. I mean, you got to win in the playoffs. I, I think I think they will next year. I actually do. Like. For whatever reason, I have this insane confidence in the Titans that I've never actually had before. Used to, I talked about the Titans in, like, a false bravado, like, trying to just will something to happen. Like, if I say something and I sound confident, then maybe, like, maybe it'll happen. fake believing it. But now I just feel like they're like, like, eh. Like, we were the better team. Like, that, they watched the team that they dominated. We dominated the Bengals on yeah. defense. Like, threw Annihilated them Annihilated them. Yes, threw them around, and we watched that team go to the Super Bowl. And really, against completed. another team that we kind of dominated as well. Yes, on the defensive yes. side. So, I think I think they'll come back with just a renewed sense of just drive. Like 
not that they didn't not that they lacked it last year like they did they had plenty of will and like because that's what separates it in the nfl like people that most rosters are are good enough it's like really the teams that care like literally i know it sounds so simple but it's like the teams that play together and like are a unified team that cares and wants to win so and i think the titans will do that again they should win the division and then we'll see if Tannehill can win the playoffs and if you fail again like if, if they win the division, have a home playoff game, and he loses a third straight home playoff game, it's, it's time to curtains. move on. It's curtains yeah. because all just all hell will break loose. On like, he'll never be able to. I mean, unless he threw like five touchdowns and somehow he lost like a crazy right. Game. Yeah, but we're riding with him next year, so yeah, I mean, better, more... better like it. So they did talk about I think Vrabel and J Rob are looking at taking kind of one of those quarterbacks at a value pick, you know, kind of – because a lot of these quarterbacks, right, will be available probably in the third or fourth round. And a guy they were talking about, uh, I don't know if they specifically said it, but from what I heard, they were taking a lot of – they were looking a lot at uh, Desmond Ritter, which uh, – I like I like, I, I like Des. I was going to say him. He's the only one I might like out of the whole bunch. Really? Okay. I'm, I'm indifferent because I – I don't know. That guy to me just doesn't ever – I mean, none of them really do, but he doesn't necessarily scream NFL starter to me. But, you know, at least he's one of the more athletic guys in the class, obviously. So, I mean, I think he ran a 4-4 or something, 40, which is nice, right? But at the yeah. end of the day, that's not all you're looking for. So, but, yeah, what are y'all – how do y'all feel about that if we were to take a guy like him? I think Carson Strong was actually another one J-Rob specifically mentioned. He's I'd more, be fine with it. He's more like cinder block feet out of Nevada. Like he's just going to, I mean, you're a passer. How old is Tannehill? 32, 33. He's old. He's pretty old. He, I mean, he's got a couple of good years left in him, but I mean, it'd be nice to, to get in a QB, have him kind of back us back Tannehill up for two years. And then Tannehill, once we're done with him, kick him to the curb and, uh, get to either Ritter or Strong in there and yeah. moving. Uh, but real quickly, I wanted to add, since we were talking about 40 times, what about Bayless Jones Jr. out of moving. Tennessee running the 4-3-1, baby? Let's go. It's moving. He's it's a guy I, I I wouldn't mind if the Titans picked yeah, him. Yeah, no, and uh, he was tweeting at the Titans, too. Nice. Yeah, he wants to stay in Tennessee. I was, actually at a, I was actually at a church in uh, Norris, Tennessee a few weeks ago, and Bayless was there up front talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, draft him. That's awesome. Yeah, draft him. First he was excited. Yeah. So I was like, that's yeah, awesome. let's get him to hey, stay home. Hey, he probably did make some money. That's, that's a cool thing about the combine. Like, Oh, I, you know, I bet he really did. Is, yeah. It, yeah. is it all it's cracked up to be? Like, I don't know. I kind of lean more to, like, what they've actually done on-field production for through several years in college. But – for a guy, for a guy like Jones, you know, who doesn't That's have huge. the longest college, like what, what did he didn't, he didn't, play. he didn't really come onto the scene till the last two years. And I'd say really this year, really the last year. Yeah. But that's what I'm yeah. saying for a guy like that, that didn't have quite the same like exposure as some, uh, just cause he didn't have the longevity, you know, he didn't have three full years of stuff. Uh, like running a crazy good time like that is, is a great opportunity to kind of boost you up because going from a, potential you know six seventh undrafted kind of range i don't know he may have been higher graded than that before but like jumping up if you could jump two rounds based on how fast you ran that's massive it's massive i'd say well and it's those numbers 
like four fours, all that good numbers, four five, good number. When you start getting into four threes, especially low four threes, I feel like that's kind of a almost a lot, uh, almost kind of a lottery ticket a little bit. They're gonna because immediately someone's gonna say, "Oh, this guy." Four, you see that three right there after the period. People start paying attention to that. So, yeah, yeah. I it, well, and so something funny Valus mentioned in one of his either Senior Bowl or Combine interviews. This was the first year in his football career that he ever returned punts. Hmm. And he was awesome at it, obviously, yeah. for Tennessee. Could be a special teams guy. Uh, so kind of going, going back to, Seth, what you were saying, a guy who kind of comes on the scene late one year of really showcasing his abilities. Yeah, this is a big deal. So he's a guy I, I would really like to see the Titans get a burner, just one of those guys who runs a 4-3-40 to come and play receiver for us. It'd be but, awesome. Dude, to I pair that be. with AJ would be just so sick. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for wide receiver first round because I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent. So you're going to get a really high level, like really high level receiver there, even late first round. Like you're going to get a top, top tier guy. So adding that with AJ would just would be nice. I think you can get, you can fill other spots like later. Like I don't want a fourth round wide receiver. I want another first round wide receiver talent. Stud. I can, I can probably make do with a third, third round offensive lineman. Like, well, but guy, it's also, guy, I mean, a guy like if we did want to go after a guy like Bayless, that is a guy you could get there at, I think yeah. you have number 90, you know, around there in the third round. Yeah. Why not get them both? Yeah. Why not get a true, have a chance to get a true another, you know, <laughs> Just solidify your receiving core. Obviously, yeah. that is a that it's, that's an area of weakness on the Titans. Like it, we let it slide a little Very bit top because heavy. AJ Brown is a beast, and we do have Julio Jones. But I mean, Julio didn't really produce that much last year. It's he AJ Brown and Julio role players. We just have yeah. Which I mean, they did a good job. Like I like Nick Westbrook Kina. Like he's yeah decent. He makes a few plays, but, but like he, he shouldn't be, be our yeah. number three receiver now. I mean. Should we should at least have someone else who's a four. true. I we mean, should have had a, who Josh Reynolds basically should have been. Oh yeah, except yeah. He, he just he quit on the team. He didn't. He didn't want to play special teams. He didn't want to fit in the scheme that we had him for and everything. Well, so good riddance. If you don't want to be here, that's what. Hey, this is my this is my theory on the transfer portal in college and everything. It's like, look, I want you here. I want you to be a Razorback. I want you to be you know Titan whatever. But if you're not one of us, like, if you don't want to be here, do not, like, leave. Yeah, leave. You, we are Get better off with room. you gone than you here and not all into this organization's program, whatever. So. Yep. But it's exciting. That's probably coming up pretty soon. What's that, April? So. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be right after March, basically. Who's going to be wearing that two-tone blue? We need another awesome. draft, like, the one that when they got uh, AJ – Nate Davis, David Long. Like, what year was that when they got, like, they literally hit That was on, 2019. Like, 19. They yeah. hit on, like, five out of six guys. Like, think about, like, the Titans are really good right now, and we're the one seed in the AFC, and, like, they've kind of botched some of their last couple first-round drafts. Especially, yeah, first rounds. We've I been mean, great the, in the second obviously round. Obviously, but... the Panda was a total bust. Yeah, that's that's kind of from COVID, I feel like. it's Because it was all Zoom interviews and Zoom meetings. You don't get a full pulse. That one sucked. That's tough. I credit I credit and uh, I 
credit Sam Pittman for even making that guy into a first round level draft pick. Yeah. Obviously yeah. when he got out of his coaching, like he just went off. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he should have helped the Titans out. But I mean, like, look, this guy's kind of a head case. Don't draft him. But also I'm going to spin zone it in a positive way that under Sam Pittman's tutelage, this guy was a beast and, you know, graded out as a first round player, but then he left Sam Pittman and went off the deep end. Yeah. So that's my spin zone. Sam Pittman's the key. Yep, he is. He's about to get a new contract, too. We'll see how much he gets paid. He deserves it. He does, dude. I, he deserves everything. He revived our program from the dead. He's like a defil- defibrillator to our program. Or like he's like Frankenstein, like building the monster. He's like, he just had to go in the, he truly had to go in the lab, rebuild the program how he wanted to, and revive it and bring it back to life. Hogs are going. Hogs are going to have a really good year next year, and we're going to probably have a Heisman-winning quarterback. We probably will win the West. I don't know. If we win the West, we'll probably win the national championship. <laughs> that would be – That would be I mean, quite the uh, coaching. Like, if the Vol- or, yeah, if Arkansas wins the West, the Vols will I see mean, you there in the championship. You almost, you almost beat Bama last year. So. That's what I'm saying. And now we got Bama at home, LSU at home. We, we switch off of Georgia. We played Georgia the last two years, bro. That's a beatdown. Like, I know you guys play them every year, so but we got to play Auburn, Alabama. Or, I mean, yeah, Auburn, Alabama, LSU. And, dude, the SEC is just a beast. It's just a beast. Yeah, but I will say the West this year isn't going to be quite as bad. It'll be – I don't know what it's nah, going to look will, like if Oklahoma and Texas get in or that, I don't think they'll be in this season. It doesn't look like it. I feel like I feel like you would have to have that – it would need to be kind of yeah. They would already need to know that right now. Yeah, and maybe they uh, yeah, do. Yeah, Ole Miss is going to take a step back, I believe for sure. I think. I mean, it's going to be Bama, but then I mean, Auburn's not going to be good. LSU is going to be okay. A and M might be okay. I don't know. Like you don't have anyone. That's what I'm saying. Why not Arkansas, man? It's kind of our year to slide in there, and we got it. We're the one with the experience, quarterback. You know, we led the late. We led the league in rushing last year. Like. Yeah, and it's only going to get better in year three with Sam Pittman. That was year two with Sam Pittman. We already led the league in rushing, so year three you got an experienced quarterback like KJ is beast. Like he is probably the best quarterback I've seen at Arkansas. I mean, Mallet was a was amazing at Arkansas. He like he was a great college quarterback, but I don't know. KJ's probably the best one. KJ's I've making seen. noise. Him KJ's, or him or Hooker is going to be the I think are going to be the best. Uh, Quarterback yeah. in the SEC. Hooker is probably a more passive friendly like system and like he'll put up oh, bigger yeah. numbers and stuff. But KJ's just a winning games quarterback, like on the ground, whatever you need, just hop on KJ. Whatever back. it takes. Whatever it takes. He does have those like Cam Newton like moments where it's like, mm-hmm. we really need a drive. And it's just like, screw it. Like it's his just ball. Just give me the ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's his ball. And you get out of the way, which is a test. Not everybody has that. So. It'll be fun. We'll have a good defense. We got our home schedules like insane. So we open up the season with Cincinnati at home. So literally right off a of playoff appearance, you got Cincy at home. Then uh, week two is South Carolina at home. So like we don't have any kind of, I mean, like no easing into this year, uh, this year's schedule. We play at BYU, which will be crazy. Yeah. I'm going to that. I'm going to pro. That's going to be tough. Anyway, it'll be a fun year. Always ready for football. Oh, always, 
Dude, spring practice getting going and everything after winter conditioning. I'm already ready for it. Are yeah. you ready? I mean, it's already March. This year has started to fly by. So honestly, I, I'm getting less and less worried. Yeah, by football's the, like, co- it's coming. It's right around the, the next month will fly by because you got SEC tournament this weekend, then three straight weekends of basketball. Yeah, March March will fly by with college basketball, and then you got like, Masters spring, and it's nice outside, and yeah, you got Masters, yeah. and college baseball, and and then it's summer, and you know, you're just booling, and then it's fall, it's football. Really well, summer hits and you're kind of just like, all right, we're just kind of riding this out. We're just hanging and then it'll be yeah. football season. Yeah. Really? Once it hits into July, it's kind of football season. It's always, dude. We live in. It's South always Bay. football season. Always. And football's year round for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I'm paying attention to the football team every day as right now, like I'm watching Nebraska's putting up hype videos of them. <laughs> practicing and i watch every single one like it's a highlight video I'm telling you man the, i the mean huskers it's it's time for them to be up i i've look i'm a i'm a long uh i'm a long suffering uh savant here in football i've watched teams lose and i just i just have a feeling i just have this gut feeling and I, and right now my tides inside all the things inside of me say nebraska's coming it's a big red wave of Huskers. I hope so. Dude, all it comes down to is that first game in Ireland, week zero against Northwestern. Don't worry, man. Luck of the Irish. Dude, I kind of want to go to that. That'd be that would so be a sick, sick game to go to. It would be sick. Be but the, that might be the sickest game. To play. I don't know if I could just drop uh, thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Just to, to get that. there would be <laughs> yeah. expensive. Yeah. But I would like do, to go, though. We do have football starting in April. Um you USFL. guys know that, right? Yeah, the USFL. Oh, USFL. They, they oh, released uh, the week one matchups. So the Houston Gamblers are going to up to Michigan. Uh, they go play the Panthers. The Philly is Stars that, are playing it, the New Orleans Panthers. Uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher yep, Michigan Panthers. Panthers right? So yeah. I'll, well, I'm definitely watching that game to see uh, Jeff Fisher's debut. That's going to be see awesome. It, see if the Panthers kick like seven field goals their first game out. I mean, I I believe it. I believe it. You know, you know they're gonna. I don't even know how many games are in this USFL league, but you know Jeff Fisher's going five (laughs) hundred. Hold it down. But yeah, so a lot of stuff to to look forward to. Definitely next week. um, Big March Madness preview next week. Yeah, full spread. We're gonna have guests. Yeah, we're gonna have Ryan Shumpert, insider info. Uh, little uh, sneak peek here for the listeners. No, you're gonna uh, have the boss man Bean on, on with his. No one has more love and insider info for March, March. than yeah. boss man. Boss Coming man, on yeah. talk it. Yep. Hey, that's what we do. We He's do ha- half the show with Sean, half the show with Benny. I like yeah. that. Let's do it. Yeah, give them each like half an hour or something. See what they got. See what they got to say. Yeah. Like Bring it. your brackets next week, boys. Oh, boy. Yeah, I can't wait to write out my bracket. Oh, I love writing out my bracket. It's so fun. And I'm going to – I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm going to pick the Hogs to win again. Like I picked – last year they were three seed, and I picked them to win. It, if the Hogs are in the tournament, I'm probably going to think they're going to win. And, like, they had a – the Hogs had a real chance last year. I watched that game with you against uh, – was it Baylor? And yeah. they, I mean, 
Yeah, the we Hogs almost. could have won that game. Yeah, we legitimately made it close. But yeah. uh, but I'm gonna be wrong. Like my thing about it is I'm probably gonna be wrong. Like regardless, no matter if I pick, I've picked the safest bet ever. Like I've picked Kentucky when they were overall number one, and I was wrong. And I've picked, like I never get it right anyway. Like might as well bet with the Hogs. Like they got a fighting chance. They got a good team this year. Like they got a superstar that can make plays like down the stretch. Might as well. Like if I was a Tennessee fan, I'd probably say the same thing. Like, I might as like they're gonna be a three seed, like three seeds. I mean, I'll look yeah, at it if it's well. if if I like the matchup like the as matchups. it goes along. I'm gonna keep picking them. That's just how it goes. <laughs> I'm gonna keep picking them. That's like that's I, exactly right. Like I've I've done that before. I picked Tennessee to win it all before because I look at the even when they weren't. I mean, I'm talking about years ago in the Pearl era when I picked Tennessee I mean, to they win. They were good, but I picked Schofield and Admiral. Uh, uh, well, there's that's the same person. I Grant and Admiral. Yeah, when they had Grant and Admiral, and I Bone picked them and, to win. Yeah, but. They didn't quite take it home. That team was so good, dude. That team should have. That team should have gone. Should have at least made like the final four. Yeah. yeah. Well, that back. was the year they, they kind of got screwed. They got screwed against Purdue. The year before, they lost to Loyola Chicago. Like those were two kind of prime opportunities for them to. They make let a them run. slip through their fingers. That's kind of Barnes. At the end of the day, that's Barnes' reputation. Like yep. both, both. So far, yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't make him a bad coach. I mean, it really doesn't. He just I don't hasn't think so. Won those games, like, and those were two prime opportunities with great teams to make good runs. Because that, that's what March is tough. Because you got to get there consistently, and you got to like. It's not going to happen every. Like, you're going to fall. It's just it's so hard to win in March because it, it it is just right on the edge. All the teams are good. They belong there. They want to win so bad, but you are presented with some opportunities, and if you miss those, you're it's toast. Like yeah. if you miss, if you, it's just hard to get back to that level. And that Purdue game that Tennessee had, that, I mean, that was a crazy game. It really was. Um, but that was what in the that was it, that was in the Sweet Sixteen, right? Yeah, and that was to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's a tough to go to the Elite Eight is the is a tough one because um, that means you got to win that second um, second weekend game. Yeah. yeah. Elite Eight to me is kind of the, uh, I don't know. That's kind of the upper echelon of the tournament. Like it's cool yeah, making the Sweet make- Sixteen, but once you crack into that Elite Eight, it's like, oh shoot, we're like really here. Yeah, like we really Sweet Sixteen's like legit. It's like if you make Sweet Sixteen, it's like, well, we made this like Sweet Sixteen's chill. It's <laughs> something you can put up. You can put up a little yeah. plaque, for especially it. for yeah. most teams. Like unless you're truly like a number one seed or something. You can't be too upset like losing the Sweet Sixteen because right. someone had to win two games in the tournament just to get there. Like that means they're a good team. Anyone that's in the Sweet Sixteen is like worthy of being there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going to Elite Eight is something different because that means you had a whole week to prepare for that Sweet Sixteen game and like reset, and then you still came out and beat that next team. Um, yeah, I mean the Final Four, like winning, going through two weekends in a row—that's what seems is truly like next level. That yeah. final four, a final four appearance. I mean, is, yeah, you hang, you like almost hang a banner for a final four. You hang I mean, a people do. For a final four. People yeah. do. So, yeah, yeah. Or it's it's at least a number up in the rafters. Probably hang a banner. Arkansas has some final four banners. I mean, Tennessee's got some Tennessee NIT ones they got to get yeah. rid of. Tennessee yeah, ain't never made the final four, bro. That is sad. We're a bucket away. Why not yeah, this year? Why not? Why not us? I want it. Might as well. Someone's got to get hot. Like, someone's got to get hot and someone's got to win games. Like, Tennessee's good. Arkansas's good. Why not them? 
They got good, good star players. They got they're good fundamental defensive teams that do a lot of things really well. Why not? Why not win a few games? Yeah. Win that first I mean, one. And you're strong. gonna be you're gonna be a three seed. You're gonna be high up there. You're gonna have a should have an easier like road. You should win. You should get through that first weekend. Like you yeah. should be. You should yeah. if if you're a three seed, Arkansas like four four is a, maybe a little bit different, but still, the way Arkansas is playing right now, like they're even better than a four in my like playing a five seed. I don't know. I think we'll be better than most five seeds in the second game. Well, and that's but, what uh, wasn't Tennessee a five seed last year? The kind of deadly five seed. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Who Tennessee? What did they? Lost Oregon State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Oregon State got hot. We Tennessee kind of uh, all the recent few years has just lost to teams that got really hot. Purdue, yep. Loyola, Chicago, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, Oregon State had been tough draws for Tennessee. But uh, all right, people maybe this are is saying a good year. Maybe this is it's a good either going to be Texas or Memphis. The, the winner of that game is what most people are uh, – or a lot of people are predicting. Like that. So, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be fun regardless. Try to win them. Oh, we got one-point game. Chats up by one with a minute left. Paul has got the ball. Full shot clock. Waiting for an update. Yeah, I don't want to go away now. I was about to close yeah. it out, but I feel like we can't just leave the listeners hanging. Oh, missed a three. Morning. Chat ball, 45 seconds left. They don't have to foul. Oh, they're going to call a timeout. So. Okay. I think, I'll, <laughs> I think I'll close it out then because no, knowing this, Let's it'll be end another it 10 thinking minutes. thinking that Chattanooga has punched their ticket to the big dance. Yeah. Actually, All right, guys. I might pick them in the first game. Maybe. Maybe. Keep it in the state. So calm. All right, boys. Well, it's been real. Guys, don't forget, uh, check us out on social media, Twitter at paydirt underscore sports, Instagram at paydirt sports. Check out the website, paydirtsports.blog. Be sure to go onto Six Pack Coverage website, sixpackcoverage.com, food, fitness, travel, sports, entertainment, anything you need. Go check them out. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see you all next week. Paydirt out.